Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Dr. Ashika Sasidran, a licensed physiotherapist, yoga teacher, holistic health coach, and the CEO and founder of Angstrom Alpha, physical therapy and wellness. And through her signature program, the Chronic Pain Reset Button, Ashika works with people who are fed up with chronic pain draining their energy and decreasing their quality of life to get back into health and the well-being that they deserve. Oh, fantastic. Ashika, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so, so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on um, the introduction? Let me know, you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to work with? Right. So, we have just launched the program. The first launch has begun. It's uh, been about three weeks since I started working with patients and clients. And within the program, we are moving as a cohort, but there's going to be this ongoing enrollment. So I'm enjoying talking to people who are coming on this month and next month ongoing mm. and learning different strategies. Every Monday, we have mindful movement class. And every Wednesday, we have progress power hour, which is where we kind of talk about everyone's different pain points, answer Mm. questions, kind of give each other mindset, motivation and accountability. So that live interaction has been really exciting. It's only been less than a month since the program launched. So that's been fun. Oh, fantastic. So it sounds like it's an exciting time for, for you and your business. And how, how exciting is it for the this new students that are coming through that you get to serve? What's it like for them as they enter this kind of this, this new container, this new world? Oh, the feedback has just been so gratifying. Um, one of the patients just messaged me the other day and said, I feel so seen and heard. I've never been around so many people that have the same exact issues as me. Mm. So I think just creating that container where everyone can feel they're not alone, that itself is healing with or without me present. So I think on top of it, all of us being together and having this paradigm, hopefully is what's getting them the results that they want. And I think what's been most most nerve wracking is asking myself, am I giving everything that I possibly can? Are they getting everything they need? But I think just by hearing their first two to three week feedback, they're learning and growing a little bit, little bit every week as we go along. Mm, beautiful. So what what is it that they that they come to you with? What what is do you find is that that kind of first hurdle, that first barrier, or the one thing that you see you know, across the board is what you need to help guide them through so that they can start to fully enjoy 
what it is that, that you help them with. Right. So the patients come to me, uh, usually we'll call them clients here because they're from all over. And I typically can only serve patients within the state of California. But the clients I work with in the online program, they typically have one thing in common, at least, if not more. And that is that they have persistent pain that just won't go away. It's constantly nagging at them and interfering with their sleep, their ability to move, their ability to engage. Sometimes it gets in the way of their relationships, triggers emotions that are unpleasant. So at the root of all of this, they all have a really agitated nervous system. And that's something that we don't often acknowledge when we're talking about pain. We think it's connected to a particular body part, but in the case of these patients, it's not so much the body part that's affected. It's more mm -hmm. so their entire system is under threat. It's under this fight or flight response that needs to be tamed with consistent practices that make them feel safe and comfortable and warm and homey again in their own body. So one of the things that they come to me saying is, I feel so stuck in my body. I feel like I have no control over my body. Mm. And regardless of which part of their body hurts, that's the kind of universal feeling that ties all of my clients together. And so part of the mission of our program is to work through step-by-step, step, how do we build the foundational skills at the level of the body and the level of the mind to start feeling safe again in your body? Nice. Is this um, almost a, not not last resort, but with a lot of these these programs and very holistic care, they've tried the the traditional system, if, if you want to call it that, have been failed by it, or don't want to just pump drugs at it. It's there's there's got to be a different way. So do they come to you as they're seeking um, something that they feel right with? Or are they like, I, I, I just need hope because everything else has failed? Absolutely, Mark. You nailed it. Uh, one of my clients the other day just messaged me and said, I finally feel hopeful again. And that's the, that's the real thing is that they are usually coming to me at the mm. end of their wire, having tried injections, options for surgery, They've tried the chiropractor. They've tried traditional physical therapy. And I'm a traditional physical therapist, right? So I know that doing a couple of band exercises and doing a couple of manual interventions, it can help with certain things, but it doesn't necessarily work as easily on chronic pain. So most yeah. people come in with skepticism, understandably. They come in frustrated, probably a little depressed and mm -hmm. very, very, very doubtful that but... anything else will help they're there. So that shows there's been a decision. There is, there is some level of hope or just the pain is so great that they need to keep trying. I mean, I'm raise my hand. It's like, that was me. I yeah. had chronic back pain and went through a phase. This was before I started my entrepreneurial journey. And it mm. was, it, I thought it's just pain. It's just soccer. It's something that I, I picked up and they started to hear you know, the, the rugby players sometimes have the biggest bulge, the biggest slip disc and have zero pain. Other people have this barely noticeable, but are incapacitated. That's interesting. And then the work of, you know, um, Dr. Sarno or Joe Dispenza, they both have mm. different ways of talking about this. And what I came to through my, <laughs> through my journey being an entrepreneur and a, a mindset coach, helping people through these barriers is 
for me, it was, oh, you mean physical pain is emotional or it can be emotional. So that was my biggest aha moment of, oh my gosh. So all that stuff I went through, and there's two ways of looking at it. I'd like, I'd love to, love to hear your take on this because I, I disagree with Dr. Sarno slightly with my interpretation. I think his is more the body is trying to distract you from emotional pain. So mm. rather than focus on something that you go through in, in your personal life, for example, it's saying, oh, that's too big. That's too painful. Therefore, I'm going to show you what my focus on your back, focus on your knee, whatever it might be. Mm. My interpretation is I trust my body. Mm-hmm. I would like, I'd prefer to think that my body's saying, hey, Mark, there's something you need to focus on. And between them, they'll find out, is it his shoulder? Is it his knee? The back will get his attention. So they're oh, trying yeah. to get me to approach something rather than avoid. So the long rant for me, oh my gosh, what, what, do you, what do you say to that sort of, that sort of concept of, of, of pain and, and emotional connection? Oh, that's just fascinating and every take has its validity to it my take based on the research and based on my own experience with chronic pain and what i've seen in my clients versus my patients in person is that the body is tremendously wise the body actually has all the answers your body doesn't need you to think about breathing it doesn't need you to think about digestion it doesn't need you to think about the phagocytosis and all the different processes that are happening all day long just to keep you alive so why would we think that the body needs us to control it when it comes to pain it doesn't the body simply does what it needs to do to try to protect us that's my take and i mm. believe when our body is in chronic overdrive of trying to protect us over and over again with different stimuli. Like for you, it was soccer, was it? Yes. Okay. For me, it was a traumatic accident. I was Mm -hmm. hit by a car while I was a pedestrian on the street. And so for me, that was complicated mix of emotional trauma and physical blunt trauma to my body. So absolutely, Dr. Sano has a lot that he's right about in the sense that the emotional component and the physical component are irrevocably intertwined. My take is that the body knows what to do. Sometimes it works too hard to try to protect you. It tries so hard to keep you immobilized thinking it's going to keep you safe by doing so. As a result, the cascade effect is the muscles are going to wear down. Your body is constantly existing in fight or flight mode. It doesn't feel safe to move around in your everyday activities. It wants Mm. to shut you down so that you don't hurt yourself more. So that's where the body and mind retraining has to happen because oftentimes your body can heal itself, but the brain and the nervous system haven't caught up yet. I love that. I want to sort of just take that exact concept and put it into the world of, of the entrepreneur. Sure. So that's the body. So with my back, I knew that you know, your back muscles, they're so strong. So once they freeze, it's almost like the, the body's saying there's something wrong. What we're going to do, protect the spine. But your back muscles can actually crush your spine because they are so strong. It's causing more damage than good. Mm-hmm. To your point, the body knows, but the body says, keep it safe, keep it safe. Now, for an entrepreneur, how often, oh my gosh, everyone listening along, <laughs> how often do we all try and keep it safe, play it small, play it safe, to, to keep ourselves okay? And by doing that, we stop 
we don't grow, we don't take the risks, we don't write that email, make that post, make that offer, whatever it might be, because we can convince ourselves, uh, don't do that, keep safe, it'll be okay. But it doesn't mm -hmm. allow for growth. So I love the synergy between the body and the journey that we all go on. Brilliant, because for me, had I not gone through my own journey with chronic pain and having to do the mindset shifts I had to do to get past my chronic pain, yeah. there's no way I would have the toolkit of skills I needed to even try to become an entrepreneur. Because mm. an entrepreneur, you have to do very much of the same thing. You have to get out of the way of your own body and your own mind to do the work that you know is going to benefit you and others. Mm. So knowing that, doing it oh my gosh they are two very different things so very even different. with your wealth of knowledge and what you've been through physically emotionally mentally where was it the challenge when you first started this as your because you made a massive transition from you know your uh, sort of the healthcare system into creating your own world what was it like in that transition even with these skills and the knowledge mm -hmm. Because you know what you have to do, you have some sort of a template of what you want to do, but doing it in practice is so different. <laughs> it's so different. Um, for me, one of the biggest challenges at first was knowing how to manage my time. Mm. I mentioned this to you that I felt suddenly I wasn't on a nine to five schedule. My time was entirely mine. And as a person that didn't always know how to prioritize myself or prioritize my dreams, my time was all the more available to be given to others. And I yeah. could easily fall into not having enough boundaries between what I wanted to do and what others wanted of me. Mm. So these, so the, the time, okay, double-edged sword, it's like blessing. Oh my gosh, you get the time to be able to do what you want. But without that structure, without the knowledge, without the experience, it can be put into the wrong place. So focus, I think is a huge part of being an entrepreneur. So where... Where did you find that focus? What did you focus on to, to get to the point now where you're, you're growing this, this new container? Right. The first piece was communication, was to be able to communicate to my loved ones, whether that was my husband or my brother who had just moved to the same state. So suddenly there's so much more of an expectation of daily or weekly communication. Mm. And so when I knew I needed to carve out time, hours at a time to be in my own head, to be able to research or create content, to create resources and materials yeah. for my clients, I knew that I would be unreachable for several hours at a time on certain days. So the learning curve for me came through much trial and error. I definitely didn't get it right at first, but being able to tell people, these are the hours where if you don't hear from me or if you text me, don't hear back, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm just in the zone and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Or letting my, my friend circle know that I don't get notifications on my phone. I purposely turn them off because they don't really contribute to my mental health. And I work better when I choose when I go on my phone rather than receiving a message and knowing that I need to go to my phone. So I've always told people, if it's urgent, if it's a level six out of 10, call me, don't text me. Cause I don't, I don't allow myself to receive notifications. Otherwise I would never be able to focus. 
on my work. Oh, crumbs. In this world of distractions and social right. media and notifications, good law, it's even the best will, it can be tough mm-hmm. to juggle all of these things. So and that's where we come into knowing ourselves. So mm-hmm. a bit more on forgetting yourself, understanding, okay, what am I, what are my distractions? What will pull my attention? What do I need to create in my in my environment? So the spaces around me, the people around me, what do we need to do to set up so I can I can work, so I can play in the right way? So my working day, oh my gosh, it's set up differently from the evening. Mm. It's set up the same, the same phone around me, the same apps available. Oh my gosh, what could happen? I know me. Just I'll just check this. I'll just do this. Was that is that the kind of journey for you that you had to find that? Yeah, whether you believe in balance or not, that's an argument for another day. I do. <laughs> what it's like to be able to um, manage yourself and you know guide yourself and restrict at times. What was that like? Oh, it was such a challenge at first because uh, actually today marks my first year of being married. Today's my anniversary with my husband. Woo-hoo! Congratulations. Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm. he's at work, so I'm having a wonderful conversation with you. And uh, this is the perfect little like break in my work day as well. And yeah. as, as I was reflecting a year ago, when I was preparing to become an entrepreneur, I had just resigned from my job. I was getting a lot of things prepared to start this journey. Yeah. Uh, I knew that for him, one of his love languages is quality time. Yeah. I knew it's important to my husband. I know it's important to several of my friends to allocate the time to spend together. And I knew that time was also important to me for my self-care and for my entrepreneurial goals. So what I would do is I would just become really best friends with my planner. I truly live by the thing. I, I, I really enjoy color coding my calendar with different colors for friendship versus work versus partnership versus community service. And I do my best to stick to those things on the calendar, but mm. oftentimes things don't go at the exact times that they've been scheduled for. But then at least I know I've allocated an hour of this time for that phone call with the friend. So if she's busy, if I'm busy, we know we still have that hour that we allocated. We need to move it to some other time this week. So making sure we prioritize the time, but still building in the flexibility to mm. work around what needs to be prioritized. That's been really helpful. Love that. And so again, as you're building this, so mistakes, find the right methodology for you, finding what works for, for everyone around you. Where's your focus going? So how are you building your business? What's What are the next steps as you go through this journey as the entrepreneur? Oh, so the next steps as of now are to continue to maintain the work-life balance where I'm still traveling, still enjoying quality time with my family and with my friends and also balancing that with serving the existing clients that I have in my program, Mm. giving them the best that I can by preparing in advance of our movement calls and our progress power hours and allowing them to ask their questions. I relish their questions because we have such meaningful discussions around them and everybody comes away with some sort of growth or takeaway. Um, And at the same time, the third thing that I'm putting most of my energy in is opening the door to anyone else who would benefit from this. So really targeting my attention on how can I send the messages to the right people who would really benefit from this kind of mind body approach? Mm. Because right now I 
have the other two aspects which are working and I'm making sure that they continue to work. But now I want to open the door to anyone else who wants to join this journey. And I know that that's not as simple as just saying, okay, the door's open, come on in. Because that's not yeah, how where's, it works. Where's the stampede? Sure, that's, that's all it takes, right? <laughs> if, if only if only being in business was that easy. Um, so what's... Exactly. What's that anyway? What's what's stopping you right now? What what do you think is is the thing that's that's either going to slow this down for you, or that that you might step in your own way, or what what is that going to look like? Mm. It's going to be a big mindset shift for me to feel like I don't have to put myself out there and be perfect in yeah. order to bring in bring in people who I could help. I don't have to know it all because I mm. probably never will. But what I'm offering by proof of concept to my existing clients is helping them. So I need to first believe that that could help strangers as well. Because right now, the people in my program are people who at one point were strangers and have now become clients. But now I just have to have that mindset shift to think, okay, I need to actually put in the time and effort to open up my heart open up my virtual doors to people who are complete strangers who I need to get to know and then hopefully see who wants to work with me and who I want to work with. But that process takes a lot of trust and a lot of vulnerability and can't really operate from a perfectionistic mindset. So that's what I'm working on. Nice. So it's how to be seen, how to show up as your authentic self, your vulnerable self, and not be so word perfect or everything to be in, in the right place. It's how can I be more efficient? How can I show up as a, damn it, a human being? That's right. what people want, right? So how, I think the one thing you, you mentioned in there is, yes, it's all about how can you serve other people? How can they come to you? But it's also, who do you want to work with? Because Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. you're in control of this. Right back to the start of the, the interview, you spoke about control, controlling mm -hmm. your body, taking back control. This is all you're trying to do. So you get the ability to control who, who it is that you talk to, how you speak, what you want to say, how you want to do it, what platform to use. Oh my gosh, there's a lot in that. So let's just play with this and sort of so just break it down. What, who is it that you want to talk to? How do you want to talk to them that maybe you're not doing so right now? Oh, that's brilliant. Because for me, I'm, I'm definitely looking to work with people who are as motivated to work on themselves as I am motivated to help them. I'm not looking to pull teeth. This is, mm. this is not like uh, how it was in my previous physical therapy job at a hospital where someone gets referred to me and they're like, I don't really know why I'm here. Uh, my doctor told me to come see a PT. So I'm here, I guess, do something that you want to do with me. <laughs> mm. um, that has its place. Uh, but what I'm looking to do is to make sure I'm working with people who are fed up, quite frankly, with everything else that hasn't worked. And they're, they're looking for hope. They're looking for somebody that's going to reach them. And I'm ready to meet them more than halfway but I want them to be meeting me there too. Mm -hmm. so, so maybe there's, there's something in your story that is so on that wavelength. If you can share, find that, that, that nuanced approach of where you, you and your clients are two peas in a pod. 
yeah, we really are. We we really mirror each other because we've been through very similar journeys. Anyone who is who I want to work with has been through something either repetitive strain that's resulted in persistent pain, like what you went through, Mm. or it could be repetitive stress in their relationships or in their work that's manifesting as pain in a particular body area. Or it could be trauma. It could be a traumatic accident, or it could be something that's just jarred them. And so suddenly they feel stuck in their bodies. And I want to work with people who don't want to feel stuck in their bodies anymore. Yeah. The most painful thing is when you when you when you are so passionate about helping someone, but they either don't believe that they are worthy of being helped and so they won't receive, or they just don't want to actively put forth any effort. They just want it to passively happen. Mm. I think those those are probably the only two people who I wouldn't be able to enjoy working with. Yeah. Because anyone else who's ready to just show up and even just just ask questions or even just be skeptical. That's perfect. Question me, be skeptical, be doubtful, be upset. But remember that it's okay to be that way and know that there are other options. That's why I got into this is because chronic pain, it's depressing, it's frustrating, it's tedious, but there is always that hope. So I'm looking for that glimmer of hope in my clients. If I can see that glimmer of hope, then I know. Mm. I can work with them and I'll enjoy working with them. And it's going to be this really beautiful partnership and growth journey together. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know whether we're talking about body pain or being an entrepreneur because you know it's depressing, it's frustrating, it's tedious, but there is yeah. that hope. Oh my gosh, that can be the the, the business journey that, that we, we all go on at a certain <laughs> level. So again, the way this kind of mirrors your journey and your ability to put yourself out there in the right way and and want to show up and being able to show up there's something beautiful in how you help your clients how you serve them what they're actually looking for to tie that in together is it's kind of beautiful and just shows Mm -hmm. the the amount of options and help and opportunities all around us all of us Definitely. And I think the difference between enjoying the challenges and the bumps in the road, as I've been working in this field as an entrepreneur, has been focusing on that glimmer of hope. I've been reminding myself, the reason I'm doing this is because I want to help transform people's lives. And even though the Facebook ads are annoying, or even though these emails are tedious to go through, right? It's all in service of a much bigger goal and a much Mm larger end game, which is that you want to reach people and help people have greater satisfaction in themselves, because that's what this journey has done for me. I feel so much more whole in my mission and my purpose through my work than I've ever felt. And it's, it's, it's not in spite of the challenges, but it's because the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur, they really sculpt the human personality. Yeah. Do you think? Absolutely. We joking offline, you, you can't help but go through a personal development journey as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. It's almost it's it's non-negotiable. We, right. You, know, you have to. It's it, it tests <laughs> you, it pushes you, it it's beautiful, it's frustrating, it's all the things. So mm. Dr. Ashka, thank you so, so much for being here today, for sharing your journey and behind the scenes of how, what it's like for you as you navigate this, oof, this this entrepreneurial journey. Thank you for having me. It was a joy to talk to you.
You're welcome. Uh, look, if you want to find out more about, about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Well, I have my online members only website, but in the interim, you can find me on Instagram at Angstrom Alpha or on Facebook at my business page. And I can go ahead and give you the information for that. And by all means, if anyone who's listening is experiencing pain and they just want to get some answers and not feel stuck, they can sign up for a free pain assessment call with me. It's just a 15 minute call. No really, you know, things to worry about there because I'm just happy to be in a place in my life where I can offer insight, answer questions and give people something that can help them feel less stuck. So yeah. there we have. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That glimmer of hope or hell yes, I'm all in. That sounds amazing. Everyone go check it out. But hey, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Oh, thank you again. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.